<laughs> Take my hand and follow me into the darkness of horror film reviews and real tales of the paranormal. I'm Mr. Steve, and welcome to my horror section. When you call out to the dead, they all can hear you. That is something I keep in the back of my mind anytime I get the urge to try and communicate with the spirit world. And it's a great line that Lynn Shea delivers from the insanely scary Insidious films. Which just so happens to be the subject of my episode on this fine day. But before I dive into those horrifying films, I would like to share with you yet another one of my experiences as a young foolish boy trying to communicate with the dead. Okay, I'm sure by now you all know that I grew up in a haunted house, blah, 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 diddy, blah, diddy, blah. So this was somewhere between when I was 14 and 16 years old. And as you know, I am the proud owner of a Ouija board. Uh, it was the middle of a sunny summer afternoon. My brother and I had just gotten home from school. Our neighbor friends, Keith and Stephanie, were over hanging with us. And we thought, eh, why not play with a Ouija board? <laughs> and what better, and so I thought, safer time to use said board, because it was the middle of the day, you know. <laughs> It started off moving very slowly. I honestly don't remember what we had asked or even what the responses were. Uh, the thing I remember about using the board that also happened when we used it in the basement is the longer we used it, the faster the planchette moved to respond. Like it seemed to build more and more energy the longer you played. I remember us just having some laughs as we played... Again, we figured we didn't have anything to worry about because it was the daytime. And then here's where things took a wild twist. Our father was out of town for work, and mom was at work too. So it was just us in the house. We must have asked the spirit to give us a sign that it was in the house. We could hear footsteps slowly coming up the wooden basement steps. We were sitting at the dining room table which was only about 20 feet from the basement door. All of us were holding our breath, frozen in fear. We knew we were the only ones in the house. The steps were getting closer to the top. We knew we had to do something. I yelled for everyone to just get outside. I grabbed one of the kitchen chairs and slammed the back of it up against the door handle, just like they do in the movies. I ran out the garage door as fast as I could. The four of us sat outside on our trampoline until Mom got home. Of course, she wondered why the chair was up against the basement door. We were honest and told her the whole story. She didn't think much of it, told us we were just silly kids. Just plain silly. <laughs> well... It wasn't long after that that I was in the basement working out. We had a nice little gym set up down there, a punching bag, free weights, and one of those kind of all-in-one machines that did just about everything. Oh, yeah. Anyways, I was just a punching and kicking away at the bag, and I kept feeling 
like there was something watching me from the staircase behind me. After about 20 times of looking over my shoulder to see if someone was there, I just stopped and stood there for a few seconds in silence. A basketball rolls out from the other side of the basement. Now, I didn't panic. My first thought was that my brother Adam had snuck down and was trying to scare me. I quickly ran around the other side of the staircase that was situated in the center of the basement, splitting the room into two. Nobody was there. I stopped for a second and yelled up the stairs, Adam! I got a very annoyed, what? I remember my chest tightening up at this point. If I was the only one down here, how did that ball come rolling across the floor? It didn't just fall, plus we had no shelves in the basement that would that we kept basketballs on. That was it. Basement and me were done. I flew up the stairs, shut the door, and I didn't set foot in that basement again for at least two months. You know, in doing this podcast, it's been uh, a real fun journey going down memory lane for me. Um, I honestly didn't realize I had so many experiences, but it's been really fun sharing them with you all. And I'd love to hear and share your creepy encounters on my show. So don't be shy and email me at horrorsection.steve at outlook.com for an opportunity to be part of the podcast. Okay, on to part two, Insidious. From the visionary director and producer that is James Wan, let us talk about Insidious. I love all four films to date, and I'm so excited for the fifth installment rumored to be coming out in 2023. So the original film released in 2010 followed the story of the Lambert family. When Josh Lambert was a young whippersnapper, he unknowingly would astral project while he was sleeping. His spirit would leave his body and travel to another plane of existence, to what they affectionately started to call the Further. So the Further is kind of a purgatory, holding the souls of the tortured and damaged that have passed away. The problem here is that these poor unfortunate souls can sense that Josh is still alive. One particularly wicked spirit seems to have followed Josh home. An old woman in a black wedding dress haunts Josh and his mother Lorraine, played by the incredible Barbara Hershey. Desperate for some help, she reaches out to a medium by the name of Elise, played by Lynn Shea. So, I have to stop for a sec and express my adoration for Lynn Shea. She becomes the pivotal character in these films, and rightfully so. She is just a wonderful actress, and she reminds me so much of my grandma Boyer, Not only in the way she looks, but also just her personality. And as many of you know, my grandmother is the reason why my brother and I have such a passion for horror films. Anyway, back to the story. Elise is able to help Josh suppress the ability to astral project and wipes his mind clean of everything that has happened. Fast forward now to Josh being all grown up and having a family of his own. His son Dalton has inherited his father's abilities to astral project And now let the creepiness ensue. The first two films are centered around the Lambert family and their struggle with the paranormal phenomenon created by Dalton's time in the further. The other two films were 
centered more around Elise and her backstory. I'm not going to sit here and give you a play-by-play of the films. I don't want to entirely ruin the experience of seeing them. James Wan has a gift, and it shows in his work. The use of music, angles, lighting, jump scares, and the unseen are all very intelligently used. When I saw the original Insidious for the first time, I was scared out of my wits. If there is one scene that stands out uh, from the first film, it had to be when Lorraine was describing uh, what she saw in Dalton's room in her dream that she had. The red-faced demon was standing in the corner of the room, very dimly lit. He slowly lifts his hand and points at Dalton, his bones making a cracking sound as he raised his arm. After Lorraine is done telling Josh about her dream, she looks at him, and the lipstick-faced demon is standing right behind him with his mouth wide open. I literally raised my hands to my eyes. It scared me so bad, and I haven't done that during a horror film since I was maybe 10 years old. This is just one example of so many scares in this and the rest of these films. Just like the Conjuring series and with Paranormal Activity, these films never let up. They are all equally horrifying. And also, I noticed uh, the way that the story is told in all three film series is exactly the same. Uh, The first film of each series starts somewhere in the middle of the story and works its way backwards. Then it takes us back to the present. Okay, Insidious hasn't quite taken us back to the present just yet, but I'm sure we'll get there. I also wanted to note the incredibly scary villains that James Wan developed for these films. You had the Bride in Black, the Lipstick Face Demon, the Woman in White, who was the mother of the Bride in Black, the Man Who Couldn't Breathe in Insidious 3. He looked like a dead hospital patient with an oxygen mask on. And the terrifying key face in Insidious, The Last Key. All these characters were so scary and very fresh and unique. Just very different from any other horror villains of the past that we've seen. We are all still frustratingly awaiting the film that goes into the events that were set up at the end of the second film. If you've seen these movies already, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm really hopeful that the upcoming film tells tackles that story, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'd love to know what the plan is for that. I I know they couldn't have forgotten about it, right? I roped this series into the category of paranormal investigation because you have Elise, the medium, and her two associates to document paranormal activity and try to help these families solve their haunting dilemmas. Between the three film series that I've talked about so far... I can't pick one that I love more than the other. For me, they are all equal in their horror status. Great films, great stories to tell, and great scares. I found something interesting. There are actually connecting factors in each of these films. James Wan did a shout-out to The Conjuring films by naming Elise's dog Warren for Ed and Lorraine Warren. Also... The creepy big African paintings that are in Paranormal Activity 2 and 3 can also be seen in Elise's home in Insidious 2. 
I can't wait to see what future films they come up with for each of these series. They're just too good to let them die off without doing a big finish. Now on my next episode, I will be talking about the first found footage film that I've ever seen, The Blair Witch Project. I, like many others, was convinced that this was real when it was first released. Alas, it was not, but it made for a great film that really left a mark in the industry. I leave you with this quote from Clive Barker. Any fool can be happy. It takes a man with real heart to make beauty out of the stuff that makes us weep. See you next time. Steve's Horror Section is an independently produced podcast. If you would like to become a supporter of the show, you can visit my Patreon page at patreon.com slash section. The music and sound effects on my show are provided by epidemicsound.com.